Blog Talk Radio. Circumstances can't stop me And neither will they block me Today I feel unmovable Nothing's impossible To walk on water To calm the sea Well, good morning, everyone. This is Dawn Marie Alexander Borsov, your host of the Process 319 Unleashed and your Renewed Life Coach. And I hope that each and every one of you are having an absolutely fabulous morning. You know, you, what I say, every morning that we wake up, every moment of every day that we realize that maybe we're not living our optimum, our, our best, or maybe we got something wrong in our attitude or whatever it may have been, we have the ability for a do-over. All we have to do is confess it, move on, because he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I hope you guys will take that in this morning and live renewed, live renewed of every minute of every day. Hey, you know we always open with a word of prayer because we want God to be our honored guest. And we also want to make sure that we're praying for all those who are listening. We don't know what people are going through. Some may be having a mountaintop experience right now, and others may just be holding on for dear life. And we want to encourage both of those groups this morning. So here we go. Father God, we thank you that we are able to come to you through Jesus Christ. He is our great mediator. Your word is so clear that no man cometh unto the Father except through you. Oh, my God, that's through Jesus. So we thank you, God, that you sent Jesus. It's only been about a week and a half since we celebrated the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior who allows us that do-over. And for those right now, God, who are having a mountaintop experience, everything's just going good. They are truly seeing the hand of God. We praise you for answering prayer. We praise you for being in their lives and showing them the manifestations of your love. But for those who may be struggling right now, who are hurting, you're still showing them the manifestations of your love through care and through concern and giving them the strength, them finding the joy, the joy in you, God. Your word is very clear that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We can rest and find our peace and find our exuberance in what Jesus did, knowing that he will not leave us nor forsake us, knowing that he has a future and a hope for us, knowing that he desires to give us all things out of an abundance of who he is. So we can have joy in that in the midst of our sorrow. We can be like Job and say, though you slay me, yet will I praise the Lord. So we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in that area, we thank you for how you are just growing us in every aspect of our life. So I pray that you minister through this teaching today on how we can live in 
with the stress that goes in our life. So we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you guys were able to grasp something from last week's teaching. And we'll do a quick a quick rehab. And I just want to share with you, this is not an end-all, be-all list. This is just what God gave me. And, and, and the order, it really is not concrete, you see, because each one of us are different. And each one of us has to find that flow. But hopefully this will begin to give you a foundation to work on or a foundation from which to start and where you want to go through to next, you see. Because how we all deal with stress and what comes into our life has a lot to do with family. How did we see it growing up in our family? It has to do with our own personal temperament what we're willing to do, not do. Do we? How do we handle conflict? You know, stress or the lack of conflict can bring on, uh, can bring on stress. So all of these things has a uh, uh, effect on how we handle stress, our educational background, maybe our finances. Maybe some of us have too much. Who could ever have too much? Some of us have not enough, you see, and so that then affords one's ability to be and deal with stress. If you have the means, then you can take a break. Maybe you can go on vacation or go somewhere and have a cup of coffee or have a meal and just kind of clear your head, you know. If you don't, you can still clear your head. Find a park, sit in that, and just kind of rest and hear what God is saying. You know, what I've noticed is lately, guys, is that sometimes we think we're resting and we're not. We think we're resting and we're not. And I've really begun to get into meditating, truly meditating, in meditation, this pulling away, turning off everything, and getting somewhere and quieting myself with and in the Word of God, picking a favorite scripture and just meditating on what does that mean, what does that look like, going in the dictionary and finding out, these things help us to release stress because we're spending that time with God. And that was one of the things that we talked about to help alleviate stress. Stress is going to always be around us. But the question is, what is our response? So I could have entitled this Five Responses to Stress because it's around us. I mean, people are constantly pulling on us, do, be more, get more, have more, do this, go there, be a part of this, and yet we want to answer all things, you know. So um, there are some things that I may go in and add to this list as we move on. And I'm, as I'm thinking about it now, one of them is boundaries. Boundaries. It wasn't on my list. It's probably going to be number six or maybe number seven by the time we're done. But creating boundaries. What are your capabilities? What can you do? What can't you do? You see, and then saying, you know what, I need to put a boundary right now around me and say, well, this is as far as I'm going to go with this. And that's not wrong and it's not bad. It's an effective way to deal with stress. So write that one down. That was like a bonus one, boundaries. We don't always think about that. But, you know, sometimes we can only do so much for people. You know, we can only go so far. So we have to come in and ask the Holy Spirit you know, what is it, Holy Spirit? What is it, Jesus God? What is it? Because they're all one, but they have different aspects in how we intertwine. 
what is the boundary that I need to set up? Because God didn't call us to be able to do it all. We need to make sure that we're staying in our lane and functioning under the power and the anointing that God has given us for a task, for a season, or a situation. And we can't allow ourselves to be uh, pulled in uh, the direction that others may want to pull us in. So that's like a little bonus there for you that I have. But last week we talked about, you know, faith in God's word. You know, and this to me is really the, the, I could say the only one that really matters, because if we're not going to believe what God said, if God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, that's it. it he'll never leave us or forsake us. And we have many of testimonies in the word of God where the characters or the people, I don't want to call them characters, uh, went through horrendous situations. But when we follow them through, we always see the outcome. So if God did it for them, he'll do it for us. So we have to have faith in the word of God that God has given us. And if we're not going to believe it, if we're not going to take it as God giving us the encouragement to get through, then what do we have? What what do we have? So it, we have to have faith, not a feeling, but faith, knowing that I don't know how it's going to work out for me, Lord, but your word says, your word says, and I know that you're not a respecter of persons, so therefore your word says, your word says. So when we can stand on that, when that is the foundation, that is what we're standing on, then we can have confidence in that. We talked about 1 John chapter 5, verses uh, 13 and 14. The confidence that he hears us and that we're praying according to his will, then we know that we have whatsoever we're asking for. And there's more than one scripture like that. So even if you're going through a trial, even if you're going through a, uh, a, a trial, a not good situation, if, if the walls are caving in and they're crushing you on every side, then the question isn't why, God, why, but, God, what is your perspective? What is your perspective, God, on this situation? Whenever we get, get God's mind on a thing, it changes it. I mean, how do you think Joseph would have felt in the beginning, if he already had God's mind on it. We, and, and people have said that before. If you knew what God had for you or if you knew what your future was going to look like, would you really buck what you're going through now? Some of us might run the other direction. Some of us may say, okay, I know, what, I know what's happening. But God wants it. He says, it is impossible, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God wants us to have faith and trust in him. Will you trust me? Will you trust me with your life that I know what's best? Okay? So when we get God's perspective, what does that mean to have God's perspective as we're going through or handling stress? Stress on our job, marriages, children, finances, health, mental health, 
you name it. Everybody responds to society and the things that go go on differently. But what if we were to gain, how would that change things for you? How would that change? It would allow you to go, okay, well, let me examine my life. What are the desires of my heart? Now, we're talking about things and, uh, that line up with the word and will of God, that we're seeking the heart of God, that we're following God in a, a particular place. Maybe we're not following God. Maybe God is directing situations to get to our heart because he knows. You know, well, they're not going to listen this way. Let's move. Let's al- allow them to, to go with their choices to go with what they're doing. They're not seeking me. But through not, we end up finding him because we know that our way doesn't always work. God always wants, <clears throat> excuse me, God always wants our best. But he is, <coughs> excuse me, guys, but he is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Jesus is a gentleman. I mean, he could have brought down the angels and they would have just like, poof, he didn't have to stay on the cross. But he knew. And, and, and Jesus knew why he was coming down as a baby in human form. He knew the end of the road. But I think that we see that anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, God, if this cup can pass from me, so it's like, yo, I don't want to do this. We maybe, you know what? I know why I came down. I know what I came to do. But yo, if ooh, mm, I'm starting to feel this thing now. I'm in it. If there's another way, if there's another way, let it happen. But then he says, what? Not my will, thine will be done. Not my will, but thine will be done. What if Joseph had known? Okay, your brothers are going to sell you. You're going to go into a pit. Now, see, God had already given him dreams and visions of what his life would be, but he did not know how it was going to come to pass. So what happened? He didn't know, and all these disappointments he went through, rejection, abandonment, can you imagine what it would have felt like for, his, um, for him to know that his father thought he was dead? And yet he's very much alive, wondering. And because that, that he thought he knew that, he, that, that his father thought he was dead, that no one would ever come looking for him. No one would ever rescue him. But God knew right where he was. In the midst of your stress, guys, God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly where you are. He sees you. He sees your tears. He sees your frustration. He sees even David. And I think if I remember correctly, Psalms 18. But there are a myriad of others where David is like, how long will you allow my enemy? How long? If that doesn't sound like stress, I don't know what does. So we talk about faith in God's word. We talk about bonus, uh, um, the bonus offer, if you want to call us that, of setting boundaries. We talk about having the right perspective, the right perspective. And then we um, we talked about last week, um, watch what you allow into your eye gate, your ear gate. 
Watch what you allow into your spirit, especially during high times of stress. See, the enemy is very crafty. He's not going to uh, tip his hand. He's not going to say, see, you're going to watch all this stuff, and it's going to have an effect on you, and this is how. But things get, remember, guys, just because we see this temporal world, just because we see this world in the natural does not mean that it's real. The spirit realm is very real. So there's two forces. You have your spiritual realm and your natural realm. We're living in this natural mortal realm. But there are things going on in the spirit realm that are just as real, that are just as tangible. And so in this spirit realm that we cannot see, the enemy is just functioning and doing things that are manifesting in the natural world, meaning the negative things that we see on television, even through the news, the negative things and the, the, uh, the uh, turmoil that we see across the world. Remember, God is a God of peace and love. Yes, he's a God of war and wrath, but it's not from a standpoint of to hurt people. It's defending himself against the enemy. And that's an entirely, entirely uh, different teaching. But God's intent is never to hurt us. It's never to bring us into a negative place. That would be so against his word, so against his word. He has a future and a hope, not calamity. But we have to go back to the beginning of the book and realize that when Adam, when Adam sinned and the earth fell, everything fell. And he gave, Adam gave the authority and dominion over to the enemy. Read Genesis. It's all right there. And it doesn't change. But the beauty that God has given us through Jesus Christ is that we now have position. We've now been placed in the position of authority. So we can handle our stress by watching and making decisions on what we allow into our spirit realm, into our mind. See, it starts with the mind. The enemy wants your mind. If he can get your mind by filling your mind by what you watch, what you listen to, all of that, if he can fill your mind with those things, then he's got us. And then we wonder why. Why am I feeling so negative? Why am I feeling so fearful? I've experienced that, guys. I've experienced that. I was uh, driving down from Milwaukee to Kentucky, and I would see bags on the black bags on the side of the street. I'm like, oh my god! Because I used to watch a lot of forensic files, and I'm thinking, oh maybe it's maybe it's this, maybe it's a body. Oh my gosh! And then I began to, and I'm like, why is that? And Holy Spirit was like, look at what you're listening to, look at what you're filling yourself with, and that builds. Sometimes he's the enemy is so subtle, he's so crafty. So subtle and crafty. So watch what you're allowing to your eye gates and ear gates. And some of the things that I talked about today, I mentioned really gaining uh, God's perspective on an issue. That was our um, our third one, fourth one today because we added a couple last week. And now I want to talk about money, money and budgeting. You know, I'm a firm believer on tithing, tithing off the growth. Um, that's where my stance is. And I'm going to leave it because I know that there are so many people that, and we don't really have time for today for that major teaching. But I'm going to say it this way. 
you know, we're still going to use wisdom. I believe that the Bible specifically tells us about tithing and giving, but it really needs to be a, a, a heart issue. If the Bible says it and I'm doing it out of that place, and that's that place of love, that place of obedience, that's where I'm going to leave it. I don't know what you're, you're being taught or how you receive it, because that's where, from moving forward, that's where I'm moving from. So when we do that and we can trust God, and we can trust God, we want to make sure that we are allowing in our finances that place of tithing and not to allow ourselves to get caught up into the bondage of finances. Can we afford it? I'm not against credit card because the credit card isn't the enemy. It's the person that's using it. Okay, that may, that may be it out, but it's okay, meaning that we have to discipline ourselves. But you know what, guys? Everything that we do in the body of Christ, everything that we do should be out of discipline and love, disciplining our flesh. You know, um, just because everything may be lawful, in Christ, because there are things that we have our liberty in, everything isn't prudent. And if we think with God in mind first, God, how do I please you? How do I love you? How do I keep myself free in every aspect, even my time? Or going back to boundaries, even our time and our finances and our relationships, we need to keep these things free so that we can sow into the things that matter, so that we can sow into the things that matter. So this week, today, we're talking about money and management, tithing, keeping your finances free, disciplining yourself. Do I need that? Sometimes you've heard it before through all the other budgeting tools that we've heard. Do I need it? You know what? Walk away. Walk away for a day, walk away for an hour. Do your research. Take your time. We never want to be in a rush to do or purchase anything. The proverb says the lambs are for your clothing and the goats are for the price of the field. Meditate on that. What does that mean to you? What options do we have for each element of our life? The lambs are for clothing and the goats are the price of the field. We need to pay attention to why we're doing certain things with our finances. First Corinthians, and that was Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-six. First Corinthians sixteen two. On the first day of every week, one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper, so that no collections may be collections be made when I come. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in what we don't have. Oh, I don't have money for this. I don't have money for that. I'm a firm believer in the latte factor. When I did the latte factor, I was I found it by David Bach, and I was amazed because we just go through now with our card and we just spend this and we spend that. But latte factor is adding up what you spend on a cup of coffee or a latte, maybe for you it's a donut or running through McDonald's every day, what I was spending. This was probably about four years ago now. And I was realizing that I was spending $100 plus a month 
on just coffee, on just a latte. I mean, really? And yet we say what we can't afford. So I encourage you to find out. Maybe, maybe you that is your happy place. Maybe that is your stress reliever. But then where else can you cut back? Be willing. Because when we sacrifice for one thing, we're sacrificing always for the more. Sacrifice is always to have more, to have better, to have greater. Not to hurt you, not to cause you to be in lack, but sacrifice is always the more. Jesus' death on the cross was a sacrifice so that all of us could have more. First of all, we could have God, period, because he's our mediator between God and man. No one else, no one else. Scripture says that Jesus is the mediator, not the apostle, Jesus. And so we can rest in that. So manage, save, sit down with a paper and pencil. Manage your money. Ask yourself, do I really need to do that? Can I find a way to do it cheaper? Can I do it for myself? Find those areas where you're willing to sacrifice so that you can be free of stress on the other side and save. You can save. Even if it's a dollar or 50 cents, start where you can and move on from there. And then lastly, relationships and emotions. Guys, God loves you with an everlasting love. So much so that he died for you. He sent his son to die. He came down in human form to die. So when we're looking at relationships that are toxic, if we're in anything that does not glorify God, that's number one. If you know that God sees you as a daughter, as a son, as great and mighty that he wants to pour into you, then it's very important that you allow, that you guard yourself. The Bible says to guard your heart. Don't let any and everything, don't let anything or everyone into your heart. Manage your emotions, but yet do not be led. They are indicators of what is a deeper problem or what is a challenge or an issue, but you are never to be led by your emotions. They are just indicators. We are led by the truth of the Word of God. Not our truth, but God's truth. So I hope that these were five tools that will help you handle stress, that will help you live free in God. It's so important. So I encourage you, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, ask Him into your heart today. Ask Him in to renew your life, to give you the strength which is that comes with his joy. It's simple prayer. I choose to no longer go the direction that I was going. I choose to no longer have my, my sight, but I choose to filter all that I do through God. I recognize that I'm a sinner, and now I turn to become a son or a daughter in Christ. The angels are rejoicing if you did that. Hey, I love you guys. Dawn Marie Alexander Borsico, your renewed life coach, host of the Process 319. And I'll see you guys next week. See you on Facebook. Love you. Bye. I can be free just being me.